You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4. I've got a book full of notes of here, up here, and I see the clock, and I don't, I don't want to belabor the point. I want to try to hit the salient points. And, uh, we, we must understand that, that fear is of the Lord. Fear is the beginning of knowledge. Fear is the beginning of understanding. Fear of the Lord is necessary. And one of the definitions of fear is, is being in awe of something. Or someone. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I see that as we are to unburden ourselves before we go to sleep at night. That whatever fear and, and things afflict us during the day, that that is to be laid down at the Lord's feet at night. And, and it should not be picked up the next morning. And for some reason, sometimes we do that. When we're not in control, there, there are different emotions that come. Fear is one of them, just understanding it. this is a, a strong emotional reaction to a perceived imminent danger. When you understand that you're out of control, or as some of us guys, you know, we find out that we're not in control... Well, they say the, the, the last words of a redneck or watch this. Sometimes it's too late to find out you're not in control. Sometimes a reaction might be fear. And a fear is, is uh, a, a realization or a thought in our heart that nobody's in control. You know, fear, it can be real, it can be imagined, it might be rational, it might be irrational. And, and we like to change the name of things so they don't sound so bad, right? Like phobia. Phobia doesn't sound as bad as fear, but it's the same thing. And by the way, fear was given to us by God. Amen. We should be afraid if a, if a car is hurtling down the road at us. We should, uh, uh, our, our responses ought to be sped up. We should be thinking, okay, how do I get out of danger? And one thing that bothers me is sometimes in fear I'm paralyzed. Like when that car is coming at me. I freeze in the exact spot where I don't need to be. And if something puts you in fear, sometimes you stop in the exact place you don't need to be, and that's in fear. Fear will freeze you. It keeps you from thinking about things that are important. You just think, what am I going to do now? The situation is out of my control. It triggers a release of adrenaline in the body. I'm going to date myself here. There used to be a show on TV called That's Incredible. 
And that show would come on and it had the stories of people who, who did something incredible. And, and uh, one of the stories on there was uh, that these people were in a wreck and somehow how the wreck happened, that the car was resting on a loved one and, and they were able to climb out of the car understanding that there's a danger to their loved one that they physically picked up the car off of their loved one and saved their life. I can't pick up a car. <laughs> but that adrenaline that God gave us, sometimes it'll pick up a car to save somebody's life. So these things, th there are things that God has given to us to equip us for situations that would come up in our life. But here's what we need to de discern and define between. The Lord does not want us to be afraid. I've heard the, the pastor out there, Brother Treber, where a couple of my kids are going to Bible college. He says there's 365 fear knots in God's Word, one for every day. God says here, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. It may be a short, sincere prayer. God, you're going to have to help us with this one. It might be something you can take a little bit more time with. And we cast all of our care upon Him, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Sometimes we forget about God's care when we are in fear. In verse 7, after we cast our care on Him... When we are careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we let our requests be made known unto God. The very next thing God says is, is the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So fear is an okay thing for, for temporary. It's okay to get out of immediate danger in a situation. But the Lord does not want us to live in fearfulness, which is a chronic condition of not getting rid of our fear. In verse number 8, he says uh, what we should think on. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Don't think on the things that scare you. Don't think on the things that are out of your control. We cast those things at, at, the, at the Savior's feet. What are reasons that people get fearful? Sometimes we just, we're not sure about the future. Stephen and I were out one time. It was, I think, Thanksgiving time. And uh, we had a 15-passenger van that, that we were driving around that furlough. And we're just starting to, we, we had been somewhere, we're just getting on the, on the interstate ramp. We have one other place to go. And this car comes smoking and screeching around the end of the ramp and heads toward us. Well, that's scary enough. You don't know which direction they're going to go. The car is smoking and right behind Turns out it was a woman. Right behind this woman, there is a highway patrolman, and he does a U-turn at the end of the ramp, and now they're both coming at us. And we're there in the big old van, and she stops in front of us. I'm thinking, oh, man, what's going to happen now? 
and the policeman got out and he's going to arrest her. Well, then her accomplice drives up and he's motioning to her, hey, come over here, come over here. And she starts to run over there and the cop tackles her, throws her on the ground. The driver of the car pulls out a gun, cocks it and starts to shoot. I really didn't fully understand the fear that I had at that point. I was thinking about Stephen. I thought, how can I protect him? I wanted to drive the van over there in front of his car so that when the the rest of the 150,000 cop cars that are coming get there, they can catch the guy. And I had a thought about Stephen. I thought, no, we got to stay back here. I'm not armed. And they took us to the police station later to give a a statement and and I'm shaking. I can't stop. It's like you hold it down and this one's shaking. (laughs) And you want to put your leg on it and your leg is shaking. (laughs) What is it in this life that makes you shake? Maybe an uncertain future. Current events kind of a little bit freak me out. Since this thing called COVID came around, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. I don't live in the country I used to live in. People act funny. By the way, pay attention to what's going on in the world. Everybody's trying to wrest control from one another about different things in our life. And sometimes we react in fear thinking that maybe God has lost control. God hasn't lost control, amen? He's still in control. But what, what, is, what have we lost? Well, we've lost our faith in his control. Sometimes we react in anger. Oh, here's a bad situation. I'm going to react in anger. I am going to wrest control from the Lord. Can't do that either. Something, that, something else that might make you live in fear. Lack of discipline. I, I dare say that maybe some of our men were put in fear from some of the sermons this week. For instance, to hear what is our reasonable or basic or minimum service. <gasps> I don't even get up to that. Debt can put you in fear. To not know, do you get to keep your house? Do you get to keep your groceries? Do you get to keep your car? Do you get to keep things? When, when those things get out of our control, we get fearful. And yet the Lord does not want us to live fearful. Something else that should make you fear. Now, a lot of times people, for some reason, this is the part where they lose their fear. Look at Hebrews chapter number 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 26. It says, For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but what? A certain fearful looking for of judgment. I've seen these videos of these little kids. You've seen them. 
they got chocolate, you know, all around. And they're standing there. And of course, I, I don't know what possesses a parent to shine the light on them. They got a camera. They're taking a video now. It's like video evidence of, of this kid lying. Did you eat all of mommy's chocolate? No. <laughs> the dude is scared. A certain fearful looking for of judgment. <laughs> How many of you have that tonight? You're living before the Lord. You know you're not right. Maybe even after the men's conference. I heard thunder a while ago. I wonder if God's going to get me. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye that uh, he shall be thought worthy who hath trodden under the foot hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. I think unsaved people ought to be in fear. It would be a good thing for them to pay attention that God is in control and that they should fear him and respect him and understand that there is a judgment that awaits for them. But it looks like in this verse that it says that it is speaking about believers. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he is sanctified. Doesn't that sound like a saved person to you? And hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the spirit of grace. We're not to quench the Holy Spirit, amen? We're not to act in spite of his leading. We are to understand his voice and, and his direction and do that. The simple sermons are the easiest to remember, right, Brother Roger? Listen, change. I had a review last night. I'm very thankful for the Chambers family. And uh, last night had opportunity to have supper with uh, Wade and Craig. And Wade, God love him, we sat down there for supper. And he wanted to, he was just brimming. He just wanted to talk about the men's retreat. And what was that one sermon, Brother John? Oh, man, that, I can't think of the, he said about, and he'd say like three words. And I'm thinking eight sermons, scanning, scanning, scanning. Dude, that was a test last night. But it was good to remember those things because I want to live without fear. And the best way that I can live without fear is, is to clear away those things that are out of my control. If I need to, I cast them at the Father's feet. If I need to, I just think, okay, take no thought for tomorrow for the... I lost the rest of the verse. Take no thought for tomorrow. 
And you know the rest of the verse, sufficient unto the day is evil thereof. There's a middle part there, it's not coming to me. When we understand that we're not in control and this fear begins to creep up, what should we do? How do we get rid of that fear? Because God has not designed us to live in a state of fear that is very long. Look at 2 Timothy. This was a song that we learned, I think, in Bible college. They made this a song. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7, it says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. If, if you have fearful thoughts, you're losing faith in, or you are not believing, another way to say that, God's control. You're losing faith in or you're not believing God's love. You're losing faith in or not believing God's ability to actually bring you through this, whatever it is, better than when you went in. It's a trial. There's, there's no question about that. I, I think of this, I was thinking this afternoon, I thought, Lord... What, what is a, a, a good illustration maybe of this process? We, we need to unload ourselves before the Lord. We need to cast our care upon Him. We need to train our thinking so that we don't automatically go to fear or forgetting about God's love and control of our lives. Amen. Who of us has that automatic thought? Okay, God's out of control. He's lost it. We're going to crash. A lot of times that's how we act. When events come up in our life and we begin to think, oh, we don't think like that. Well, Peter did. Amen. He's out there, son, I'm going to walk on water until I can't. By the way, say what you want to about Peter. And he's been a topic of a lot of sermons that I felt were harsh and, and things. But besides Jesus, he's the only guy that got to do that. Amen. <laughs> now, he, he did. He, he began to doubt. He, he lost some faith. Jesus, save me. As he began to sink, why? He began to let fear creep in, a doubt in God's help, a doubt in God's control, a, a, a not trusting his ability to bring me through and make me better afterwards. Those are the kind of thoughts that when you go to a men's retreat, you'll go in maybe indifferent or hard and you come out worse. Because in between beginning and end, you're just like, God can't do this. God's not going to do that. He doesn't even know I exist. Not true. He's not given us a spirit of fear. The spirit that he's given to us is of his Holy Spirit, amen, which is powerful. 
But when we try to exert our own power and do these things in our own understanding, that's when a lot of times we lose God's power. We're, we're doing something for ourselves, and what we need to do is cut out the selfishness and, and put on thinking of how can I bring honor and glory to the Lord in this situation that I'm in. I'm not in control, so how can I praise Him through it? How can I direct the other people that are going through it? How can I direct their attention to the Lord? I'm not saying that you're not ever afraid, but it should be a fleeting thought when you think, okay, God's got this. It's okay. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. How many of you let God's peace rule in your heart? But God... uh, Brother Decker mentioned it yesterday. Just because you pray so hard and, and, and you exert your efforts this way does not mean God has to answer the way that you want or expect. We are to let our requests be made known unto him, but in the grand scheme of things, we should really want him to do what he's going to do anyway. And a lot of times I'm praying saying, Lord, uh, I realize that I don't understand all of what's going on and why, but Lord, just help me to, be, to remain faithful through it. There's so much there in Colossians chapter 3. Maybe you would want to read it if in your Bible reading this week. But he starts out there at the beginning, verse 2. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. You know, if you set your affections on things above, you'll see where God's in control. You will understand. You will seek. The concern for things that are later are those things that we need to leave to the Lord. Okay, Lord, I want to live for you today. That's uh, much of what we heard at the men's conference this time. And this needs to be our change that, that okay, this is what I'm going to do. These are the concrete steps. My, uh, Stephen mentioned that, that from here I'm going to do these things. And, and you men that were at the retreat with us, those are some ideas and things that we should have. If the Lord's laid something on your heart that you need to have a heart and say, okay, these are the steps I need to take after this. That we're not just stirred at the men's retreat, but that we're changed. In other words, our steps begin to take a different direction. And then when we do get afraid and when we find out something's not in our control, it'll be much easier to turn it over to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, here it is, it's yours. That needs to be our practice, amen? There's good habits and there's bad habits. And a good habit is is to remember that through these things, we're going to praise the Lord. Through these things, we're going to seek his purposes. Through these things, uh, a friend of mine is in the hospital with COVID on a ventilator right now. I'm not afraid. It would be selfish of me, amen, if I got all my guts all 
churned up and tightened up and oh, I can't eat, oh, I can't work, oh, I can't sleep, I can't, because I don't know what's going to happen with him. I'm not in control of what happens with him. And it would be selfish of me and it would be contravening God's purposes if I was to say, if, if I had this power saying, okay, Lord, I know what your plan is, but Lord, I want you to change it to, to meet my prayer and to come out this way. How much would that mess up what God's doing? I was thinking about this illustration this afternoon and I thought sometimes this is what we feel like. They have those maze boards like this. It's closed in, there's a marble in there. Or one of those little BBs, you know, from a BB gun. And, and you gotta hold it just right and you guide it down this way and then you lean it that way and then, oh, went too far, gotta come back. Oh, okay, go this way, go down this hall. Sometimes that's what I feel like when I'm searching with the Lord. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Where is it you want me to go? Boom, run into a wall. Boom, run into that wall. Where's the door? Where's the door? Boom, there's, oh, the floor's tilting this way. Okay, go that way. Oh, a little bit too far, backward this way. And by the way, if that's how you feel, you may be fearful. And yet, what is God doing? He sees it all. He's balancing the board. Oh, there was a little bump right there. Okay, go this way. I'm going to lead you through this way. The hole's over there. It's just a little bit farther. Just lean with me. Come on. So we make our practice in order to deal with fear Take your hands off and say, okay, Lord. Not like my friend. One time we were out in the cornfield. We were riding down the cornfield, and that's what you do after harvest. Amen. And uh, we weren't supposed to be out with his dad's 250, but uh, he told me that we could that day. So both of us got on his dad's Honda 250, and we were riding down the cornfield. He sees a rock in the road and bails. He was driving. I am now on the back of a Honda 250 with nobody driving, and I don't see the rock. And I wondered, why did he, why did he do that? <laughs> hey, where'd you go? And I don't think the ride's over yet. And we rode down there a little bit further and then crashed because there was nobody driving. God's hands are always on the wheel, amen? But do you believe that? If you don't trust that, you're probably in fear tonight. God does not want us to live in fear. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You quit singing when you are fearful. Yeah. 
I can't think of a time in my life when I was afraid, including at the haunted house and other places. I can't think of a time that when I was afraid that I had a song in my heart. That might be an indication you're afraid of something. Christians, you ought to have a song in your heart throughout the day. It should be there. Sometimes it comes out through your voice. Sometimes it comes out. Hum, 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 hum. Makes my wife crazy, but for me it comes out in my hand. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of that's not in God's control? What are you afraid of that's not in God's care? If you're living in fear tonight, I, I would encourage you to come talk with, with myself, maybe with Brother Chad, save it up and talk with Preacher when he gets back. Because God's not designed us to live in fearfulness for longer than just a short period of time. An imminent danger, of course. Those things come up, all right, let's take care of ourselves, let's get out of danger. But, you know, longer than a few minutes. I told you I had too many notes, Amen. Matthew 6, 34 says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. People are saying now, Oh, the stock market's going to crash. Are you in fear about that? All my money's in the stock market. The Lord knows what's going to happen. Inflation is going to be this much this year. We won't be the first ones who live through it. Sometimes the Lord allows these things to scare us a little bit to get our attention back on Him who is in control, Amen. who knows the outcome of this. Sometimes we, we've, we're just like Peter. We get distracted with the winds and the waves and other things going on even though Jesus was right there. He had seen Jesus speak to the winds and the waves and calm them down. He knew. He forgot apparently temporarily. Have you forgotten temporarily? But Peter also said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. When he was safe, he could recognize, Lord, you're, it. you're the God for me. And a lot of times we think about that, but when we get into trouble, when we get into trials, when we get into hardness in this life, do we lose faith that God loves us and will bring us through better? There are times when we should be able to avoid danger, of course. It says in Proverbs chapter 27, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself but the simple pass on and are punished. And there are times when really to keep ourselves right with the Lord, for instance, you remember that certain fearful looking for of judgment? 
In 2 Timothy, he says, flee also youthful lusts. There are times that we should flee those things that are a real danger to us. Sin is a real danger to the Christian. It is a real wave and wind that gets your attention off of the Lord. Sin is something that gets you distracted. Sometimes it's just attractive. I have a verse written down here, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. I didn't read there that you're supposed to be afraid. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So what happens now then is, is fear becomes a temptation and we need to deal with that temptation. Of course, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. So there are other people that are fearful out there, amen? One of the things that we heard at the men's retreat this week is, is Christians ought to look different. One of the ways, folks, that we look different to the world is, is we're not afraid. Yeah. That's good. I'm safe in Jesus. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be attempted above that year able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. So when you are tempted to fear, you need to remind yourself, this isn't how God wanted me to be. I trust his care of me. I trust the direction that he has my life headed. I trust that. I know that he cares for me. I'm going to discipline my mind to think those thoughts and comfort myself with those words. Why is scripture memory such an important part? Because it'll speak to us. It is said about John Bunyan that, that he had much of the Bible memorized, which was a good thing because when they stuck him in prison for so many years of his life, they didn't let him have his Bible. And by scripture memory, it would speak to him and he would write those things on his prison walls. And that would speak to other people. By the way, the Lord has told us some things to do that he wants us to do. Man, we heard about that at the men's retreat. And you know, when God tells you to do something, he doesn't tell you something that's impossible to do. And our God is so gracious. I mean, if, if he asks us to do something, it's because he knows that we can do it. We may not be able to do it fully in our own strength, but if he says, go do this with his help, we can do it. With God, all things are possible. Amen. Three of you believe that. Amen. With God, all things are possible. 
when we heard about our reasonable service this week. Why is it reasonable? Because it's just plain old normal. There's nothing special about it. And if we're looking at it like, oh, those are the, those are, Brother Water, he, he used a really good modern term. He said, level up. <laughs> level up. Well, I thought I was here. I thought I was really getting with it. I thought I was, you know, no, level up. That means go bite all those health things so that you get big and strong and then go do what the Lord wants. Amen? You do those reasonable things that God says you can do that. And, and I suppose, and, and, and forgive me for picking on a sore point, but I know it's a sore, sore point because sometimes it's sore in my life. I, I praise the Lord for my children. My children at different times in their life have shown themselves fearless. And it was always with a tract in their hand. To go up to somebody who's bigger than them, who's louder than them, and they give them a tract and say, here, God wants you to have this. We invite you to church. We want you to be saved. Nathaniel and Daniel, they're both in Bible college right now. I, I especially chose them as partners because when they would go and hand out tracts to people, they would come back with bags of cookies. And they'd come back with money. They would come back with bags of candy. Small little rewards because they were fearless. And man, if we could serve God without fear. I remember little Vanya, he just got married. It's a guy in Ukraine. The son of one of my best friends, probably my best friend in Ukraine. I remember him, he's probably three years old. I will not fear. What shall man do unto me? Oh, my reputation. Well, what shall man do unto you? Don't fear for your reputation. Fear for the Lord's glory. Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're living in fear, <laughs> I want to say, stop it. It's not always quite that easy, amen, because we've got to come to the realization of God's word that God is powerful, he loves us, he has more care of us than any person you can find. My wife loves me, she treats me very well, it doesn't hold a candle to God's care. I've got friends that have done such meaningful things for me. I don't value that above God's love. I don't value that above God's mercy. And when I think about these things that I want to praise the Lord for, I've got to remember those things and praise Him for those also when I learn that I'm not in control of something, when fear starts to creep in, that I fight back that fear and say, nope, God's got it. 
I'm going to pray, and let's, let's stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm going to pray the instrument is going to play. And if you are living in fear, you really should come and confess and forsake that and say, Lord, I've been living in fear, but that's selfish of me. It's been excluding you from the picture. Lord, I thank you for your many blessings to us. I thank you, Lord, that you wipe away tears, that you wipe away fears. Lord, if we would just remember that you are in control and you have our best interests at heart. Lord, even though we don't know where that BB is going in the whole maze, Lord, we trust you that you're guiding the floor and guiding the direction and that you'll lead us, as you said about Israel, to an expected end. I pray, Lord, that we would confess fear tonight that has excluded faith in you and your power. And pray, Lord, that uh, folks might come and that they might confess that tonight and no longer live in fear, but, Lord, search for your solutions to the things that seem out of control in their life so that you can have the victory and that they can have peace and joy and a song in their heart once again. Lord, I pray that you please bless in this invitation time, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.